welcome to One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life with your host, Michael R. Hurst, a weekly dialogue about how you can manage the things that we methodically push down deep inside ourselves, the stuff we whisper about and hide from, and where you may get to say that one more thing before somebody walks out the door or to those you lost or are losing. We are happy you're here. Come on in and join the conversation. Here's Michael. Have you ever wondered, what if I had the opportunity to hear from someone on the other side, somebody I loved, somebody I lost? How wonderful and unique it would be if I were able to get a message that I can treasure, read, and reread over and over again. Welcome to this week's episode, That Thing About Messages from the Other Side. This week, it's The Letter, where you get to learn how. I'm honored to have Marissa Medden, Clairvoyant Medium, on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk about all of these things, and especially with the topics you cover. I know it's going to be a really great conversation. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? I know a little bit about you, but I'd like everybody else to kind of get a better understanding. Yeah, definitely. I'll give a, a little top line and feel free to dig in anywhere you want. So again, my name is Marissa Medin. I am a clairvoyant medium. I did not always know that's what I was, and we can talk about how that came to be as, as we go through these conversations. But I travel the world full time, uh, have a business degree and have started several entrepreneurial journeys before I came to this discovery. And now I do these clairvoyant readings full time uh, for people to connect those, um, as you said, with people who have lost someone, just want to connect or know that they're there or have specific questions or just something they want to say. So that's that's the top, the toppest of the lines, but we can get, <laughs> we can dig into the details. We'll dig into them. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to kick this off with a really open question. Okay. Um, obviously, you believe in life after death. Yes. In in some form or another. Yes. Whether it be on this plane or another plane or or something along that line. So, <laughs> and I'm sure that question's on like thousands of people's minds. Yeah. Can you tell us what happens after death? Yeah. yeah. At least give us a glimpse. Yeah. And a bit of it is I'm still learning along with everyone, which I think is always a great journey. But from from what I've learned, from what I've discovered, from what I've heard through the letters that I write and all of the medium connections that I do come through writing, which we can talk about. Uh, from what I've from what I've gathered, I believe that uh, the energy that we have as a soul never goes away. So we may come back in different lifetimes. And I do believe that we have multiple lifetimes. And I believe that the, the, the soul that we know as our friends and our family and our loved ones and the bodies that we know them here on earth um, do continue to exist and can communicate once they leave these bodies. So that soul, that spirit, whatever you want to call it, I believe doesn't go away. It just changes form. And I think as a society, we're very closed down to you know, our typical senses of what we, you know, everybody can see and hear and smell and taste and touch. And I believe that there is so much more that not only I experience that so many of us do, and I may do it in a more quote unquote advanced way in a way that comes through, through words. Um, but I think that everybody is capable of seeing signs and having feelings and, and all of these other parts to communicate in ways that we just, I think a lot of people have inklings that that might be what they're experiencing, but we're so closed off to the idea because society tells us it's not the real thing. So that's, that's the start of it. Oh yeah. You see kids and you see animals always looking yeah. at something or hearing something or following something or giggling or laughing at nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I I believe they're 
I believe they're seeing somebody on the other side. Yeah, I agree. Oh. And with children, my mom and I talk about this often, and you'll hear a lot about my mom probably throughout this interview because she and I are into the spiritual things together. But we always say, um, she taught me this a while ago, that she always thought that children really saw spirits in a way that we as adults are closed off to because when kids talk about my imaginary friend or the boogie monster or the monster under the bed or in the closet, uh, potentially that's real things that they're seeing or feeling or hearing. And again, we are closed off to saying that's not real. You know, there's nothing there. And so over time, again, with society and just what makes sense, right? The things that are logical, we, we start to shut that down and, and start to only think with those normal senses. You kind of lose the opportunity when you tell the kids, no, you shouldn't <laughs> believe that. Then yeah. it kind of gets shut down. I, I understand that. I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's where you come in. So can you help us understand what is a clairvoyant medium? Like, how does it work? Yeah, definitely. So a clairvoyant medium, clairvoyant stands for kind of an umbrella of many different terms. So people can be clairsentient where you feel a spirit. You can be clairaudient where you hear it. So there's, again, some people smell spirits if you've ever... Um, kind of just had a random scent that came across that smelled like, you know, a perfume that you uh, knew from a loved one or something that they would cook a lot or something like that. So there's different clear senses. Um, so I have several of those, but for me, it's mostly a feeling. And for me, it comes through uh, through the written word, which is called automatic writing. So again, you might come across other mediums who see spirits, right? They kind of see ghosts or they hear words all the time. So for me, it's a little bit different. It comes through writing. And I really love that. I feel lucky in a way uh, because I, I don't see spirits running around. It's not always in my head when I connect. I purposefully connect with the people who have asked and I have to kind of get in a quiet space and then I just start writing. And that's, that's how it comes through for me. And the best way I describe it, there's kind of two analogies I give. To start, I explain that it almost feels as if you're driving when you're driving close to home or somewhere you know really well or even down a highway and all of a sudden you realize that you are conscious you must have driven the car right you got at home but you don't quite remember so when i write it kind of feels like that i'm there it's me but there's kind of other stuff subconsciously taking over um, and when I write the letters, when I communicate, I feel the feelings and it kind of feels like I'm playing a mix of telephone and, and Pictionary is, is the best way I can describe it. And it comes through words. So it's almost as if I interpret it as I'm an interpreter of a different languages and the feelings and it comes through through the words for me. And when I write, uh, it almost feels as if I'm writing inside jokes, right? So if you were to say an inside joke to someone, I would hear the words, I understand your sentences, you know, that's in your language, but I don't know what that means. So when I write the letters, that's where it's kind of fun, because I feel like I'm making up a fictional story. But I think to myself, I didn't, I don't know why I would make up these words, you know, they're, they're not mine, they don't mean anything. But when I send them to people, and I hear back, it's so, so fun to hear, because they tell me, you know, this phrase meant this, and this was meaningful because of that. And, I'm, and then I'm like, ah, that makes a lot more sense. So it's, that's kind of at a, at a baseline how it works for me. Well, you're giving me shivers. I used to be a cop, I'm not supposed to get shivers. <laughs> well, success, we're done. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's interesting that 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 process is allowed uh, to happen in you. I think it's a gift. Yeah. And I think that it gives somebody a tangible. It's not just um, sitting there in front of somebody saying, this is what I'm seeing, this is what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's actual tangible. They can take it with them. They can look at it later. Yeah. They can put it on the wall. They can frame it. They can put it in a drawer. Yeah. And take it out and look at it anytime they want. Save it for a rainy day. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really neat that you say that because... Um, for anyone who's been to a psychic or a medium or been in any sort of these uh, environments talking to someone like this, and I've done it a lot as well before I knew I was a medium or a psychic, so I've been in your shoes, uh, it can feel uh, really powerful and overwhelming to the point where you don't actually remember the conversation. So some people will record a conversation maybe, but when you're when you're hearing from someone or a medium, you get so overwhelmed just thinking, oh my gosh, I'm connecting with this person that you often leave that session and can't even remember the words that they told you, even though they were so, right. you know, so powerful. And so what I love about the letters and what a lot of people tell me afterwards, the first thing they say is, uh, sorry, I'll get back to you soon. I've been crying just reading this over and over and over and over again. I think I've read it 30 times um, is, is usually one of the first things, but it is something again that you, you can, you have, it's tangible. You can read it over and over and then you can reread it. I've had some people tell me, you know, six months later that they, they reread it and it right. might mean something different, but it's something that you can have and come back to or keep getting new ones also. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a, I mean, that's a invaluable yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, I lost my, I lost my father when I was 17 years old yeah. and I did not get to say goodbye. That's how yeah. this whole journey started in the yeah. first place. And, um, that stuck with me for 40 years. Yeah. So, well, I could probably go a little more than that now because I'm going to give my age away completely. You're like, exactly how many years? <laughs> exactly 40 and a half. Perfect. Now, it, and it stuck with me for a long time because yeah. I always wondered what, you know, what happened. He, he died out of state yep. and I didn't get the opportunity to say goodbye like I wanted yeah. to or say what I wanted to. Um, same thing with my mother. My mother passed away. Um, she passed away of a heart attack. It was sudden. And um, I called the hospital because she was in the hospital. And when I called, they said, I'm sorry, she, you're too late. Mm. So it kind of left that open as well. Like, what did she say? What did she want? Did she feel like she was alone? Um, did she feel somebody abandoned her yeah. because we're in different states? Yeah. And all these questions run through your mind. Yes. So I think that this kind of would help people yeah. to understand and heal yeah. by getting some answers like that. You know, what if what happened? You know, what What are they feeling? Are they mad at me? Mm -hmm. Do they miss me? Do they still yeah. love me yeah. because I wasn't there or something along that line? That's a, a really wonderful question. And that's along the lines of the questions that many people ask. So depending on the situation and who it is and the timing and whether you're with them, everybody has different questions, but definitely a common one uh, where a couple of common ones or a couple that you're asking exactly is, you know, did you know I was there holding your hand or did you feel alone or were you mad that I wasn't there or that I didn't see you as much before? Uh, all sorts of questions like that. And the way that it works for me is I, I have people send a photo, but more importantly, I have them send a list of really specific questions because 
the more specific your question is exactly like that. You know, did you, were you upset that I was out of state, that I wasn't with you? Were you alone? Like those are the really specific questions that are weighing on your mind and that you can loop back over and over and over again and you never have closure. And so I think that the beautiful thing about this gift and I feel so grateful to do is that the people who have those questions and so many people do, uh, they're able to get closure in a way. They're able to get these answers through the words that I write. And that, that gives me the chills this time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so powerful and so healing. And honestly, um, I think we talked about before, my, my role is to help heal people. And I think this is one of the beautiful ways that that can happen. Well, and the body needs mind, body, and soul balance. Yeah. And you don't have balance when you feel grief or when you feel anger or yeah. resentment or yes. you feel like you didn't get to say something that you wanted to say. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's so many tools, you know, we can only do so much of this work on our own. I think, you know, you can, I'm a coach as well. And I love, I think about the vibrational scale. I don't know if you've ever seen it written out, but there's kind of shame and anger and resentment are at the bottom where it's this really low vibration. And as you rise up to the forgiveness and joy and love that's at the very, very top, that's close to quote unquote enlightenment where, where we want to live at this higher vibration. And I think we can, you know, people do a lot of healing and a lot of work and a lot of, um, yeah, emotional work on their own as best we can. But I think there's always this loop of wonder still of what if, or what would they think? Or what if I said that, that again, you can do as much healing as possible, but you can never truly get that last part. And I'm super into the self-development and all of that work and the mindset as well. So I, I know the tricks and all the exercises for that. And I think those are incredibly important too, but this, yeah, it's just that one last step to take that really can, can help you move past something that many people haven't been able to move past before. Yeah, that's really, that's really a, that's a positive gift. Yeah. Positive gift. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you're sharing it. Thank you. I feel honored to to have it, to have discovered it and, and just, yeah, wanting to help more and more people to heal truly. How did you discover it? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so I always, I told you I talk a little bit about my mom. So growing up, she was always into the spiritual world and very curious about it. So she would talk about past life visions that she would have, or I would see her saying, you know, there's a spirit in the house and asking them to leave and uh, just weird, you know, little things like that, that when I was younger, I always believed, I never questioned that she was truly experiencing those things, but I never personally did. And my brother, my friends, everybody, we used to joke, you know, we thought she was crazy, but I always was curious about it. And so about five years ago, I was going through some big changes in my life of leaving a big relationship, starting a new job. And I was just at some back pain that wouldn't go away. And so I started just getting really curious of this world too. And I moved back to Atlanta, which is, which is where I'm from. Uh, I was there at the time and I started going to mediums with my mom and psychics with my mom. And she was really healing and trying to find answers. Um, once her dad had passed away, she really wanted to connect with him. And so I was just kind of tagging along to, to be curious. And through that, I became really interested in it. I started reading more and more about energy and auras and vibrations and chakras and, and all the things uh, really just to learn. But I think going to the mediums and going to the psychics with my mom, I started hearing things that really, really made me believe that this was real. This was real in some way. And so, as I mentioned, going through the emotional changes that I was going through, I was journaling a lot. Uh, I was writing to, to heal myself. When I feel out of balance and I still do this, I start journaling just to see what's underneath there, what comes out. And through that, I started uh, accidentally channel writing to start 
for those who aren't familiar with that, that is writing kind of from spirit guides is, is the best way I can describe it. Or sometimes people say it's your inner self. So I would write these words and it would, it would talk to me instead of, so it wouldn't be like, I feel this or I feel that. It would talk, say like, you, Marissa should be doing this. And I was like, what are these words? So that's kind of how it started. Um, it was, it was kind of like the, the first step into it. That's very interesting, actually. So they contact the spirit guides contacted you. Exactly. Um, and I think at the time I was listening, I don't know, for people who are familiar with Abraham Hicks and Law of Attraction, it's it's that type of spirit guides. And so that came through to me. And I think it was because I was listening to so much channeled work. I was reading channeled books. I was just really fascinated by it. Um, and so maybe I was just more open to it than usual. And so that's how it started. And so through that, the next step was um, I had a friend whose cousin had passed away uh, about a year prior to this this moment that happened. And it was a one-year anniversary. And I was talking to her a lot about it this weekend. And, and she was upset and having a hard time. And I started journaling that evening. And these words came through from her cousin. It was a letter to her from her cousin who I had never met. I really knew nothing about him or his personality. And um, that was the first thing that I was basically saw it and thought, what, what is happening here? Is this real? And then it happened with my grandfather. It was a letter to my mom. And I sent that to her early one morning. And she called me, her, my dad said, we've just been crying. We're reading this over and over again. I don't know how you knew some of the details, but this is, this is a gift. You have to be doing this. And from there, I think the, the real turning point that felt so real was a friend of my mother's had heard this story and she asked if I could contact someone for her daughter. A friend of her daughter had uh, passed away who was a high school student and her daughter was now a freshman in college and she was having a really hard time. And she said, can Marissa contact this this person for me? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. I don't know how this works. Uh, I don't know what will come through. I don't know if it will be real, but I'm happy to give it a shot, you know, as long as she knows that this might not work. You and so, in the fire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was kind of, you know, just get pushed in and it felt like less pressure because again, I didn't know if it was real. And I said, as, as long as she's aware that it might be nothing. So she sent me a photo and I just started writing. And I remember I sent it to her thinking, Oh my gosh, I, I, I hope I don't make this worse. I don't know what these words are. And she wrote back to me and she just said, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been reading this over and over crying. I don't know how you knew these things. I don't know how you knew these names or nicknames. And it's, it's exactly what I needed to heal. Like it's life-changing. I can't thank you enough. And I think that that was the moment. And then I did some more tests. I, I would get um, friends of my mom's who had parents who I'd never met. I just wanted to test and, and see if this could keep working basically. And uh, that's how it really all began. And so I've been doing it ever since. Well, that's got to make you feel really, really good. It does. And it's still scary. Every time I write it, I just keep thinking, how could this be real? How is this? I'm always so nervous. But again, I've done it dozens and dozens and dozens of times and it just keeps on being accurate. So I keep doing it, but it feels great to feel, to hear how healing it is for other people. Yeah, that, that's in, and uh, Obviously, I know that we're doing this for healing as well. But one of the questions I do have, yeah, I'm in fact some of the people I was talking to prior to this interview, yeah, um, had asked me the same question. Have you ever been encountered by um, uh, something negative or something angry or made you afraid? <laughs> That's a really funny question. I mean, do those come through? Great, great, great question. Because so many people 
when I first tell them this, if they believe in some sort, everyone says, be careful, you know, close yourself off. Don't. And, and my mom will tell me too, you know, you don't stay open. You don't let all of these things in. And as I had started to learn about this, I was reading some books of people who had had similar experiences of, of becoming a medium. And from what I learned and everything that I've experienced through my letter writing is that everything comes through from a place of love. Every letter that I've written, whether there, you know, there's been suicides and hard things, but it all comes through from, excuse me, chills, um, all comes through from a place of love. Um, that being said, there was one experience I had fairly recently, um, which was not through my letter writing, but my mom and I, so again, she's like my, my spiritual partner. Um, we were doing some ghost busting in a house um, that they were trying to sell. And, and um, my parents had recently moved and my mom wanted to clear the spirits from that. She had been clearing it from the house and had this feeling that there were spirits in the driveway. So we went and um, this was late at night. I was home. So I traveled the world full time, but I happened to be back in Atlanta when she had the mission to do this. Again, this is 11 p.m. So I was like, all right, mom, let's go. We got the candles and the sage. And I don't, I do not normally do this, but we were walking up the driveway and she said, Marissa, I just want you to be careful. There are negative, there are some bad spirits here. They won't leave and I need them to leave, but I want you to be careful. And I remember saying, mom, from everything I know, it all comes from a place of love. If there's spirits here, they're good spirits. And she was like, I'm just telling you, that's that's what I know. So we were walking around. Um, my dad came with us too. And, the, and our dog who sees spirits as well, as you mentioned, the animals. And we were walking. Gotta have the dog. Gotta have the dog. Yeah, she doesn't like it in this house anymore. I think that she sees spirits and she's like, I don't want to go up this driveway. But she came with us too. We were, we were walking around the back and it was really dark in the backyard. And I grew up in this house. I knew it well. And I was looking at um, with Sage. If you if there are spirits around, apparently Sage will kind of go in a crazy, kind of crazy directions all over. But if there's nothing there, it goes straight up in the air. So I had this candle next to the Sage and I was walking down these stairs and I was just mesmerized by it because it was going in all of these crazy directions. I was recording it on my phone. And my mom said, um, she goes, Marissa, be careful. It's dark. Don't hurt yourself. And I was like, okay. So I put my phone away and then I literally walked off of this wall, like literally walked off a wall to the point where I had to go to the ER. Like my foot was oh. really, really badly injured. And, uh, we joke that I, it feels kind of real though, that there was spirits who didn't want to leave and they like pushed me off the wall to, to not leave. So <laughs> I know push fell, distracted me. We don't know, but, um, Get that's, out of my house. Yeah. Like, this is my place. So my mom, it literally felt like I was in a battle. She was like, stay here. I have to finish. I was like, mom, my foot hurts so bad. I got to go home. But she went and she finished the, the, the end of the property. And then we, uh, my dad had to pick up the car. We drove home, but I would say that's so in answer to your question, that was a longer story, but I, I suppose there are more negative spirits in the world. They do not typically come through in the work that I do. I told my mom, I'm never doing any more ghost busting. She can stick to that. I'm done. But um, yeah, the spirits that come through and I think when people are wanting to connect, it really comes through from a place of love. Well, that's good. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. nice to know, actually. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so who knows? When I when I when I was injured at work, my lieutenant made me stay at work too. Uh-huh. He wouldn't let me leave. Yeah. Um. So your mother didn't want to finish the job. He told me you got to finish your job, <laughs> yep. then you can go home. Yep. Exactly. Then you go to the exactly. I was like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> Is there a time limit on how long somebody has passed mm. that you can reach into somebody? Because you believe in reincarnation. Yeah. I believe in reincarnation. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how the process works time limit wise. Mm-hmm. I know that they have a different 
time sequence right. on the other side than we have here. Yep. So a few minutes or a, a couple of years here is only like seconds there. Right. Um, how, how do you approach that if somebody comes to you and says, somebody like my father, for example, mm-hmm. my father passed 40 years ago. Yeah. Can you still talk to this individual? Yeah, love that question. So I definitely have done letters for people who have passed away 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So the answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, An answer to your question about the time of, you know, if we're talking reincarnation and maybe your question was leading to if they pass away and they're a spirit, but they come back in another body, can you still talk to that spirit? Maybe is, is part of the question. And is, is that accurate? That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that one, but let's keep it. Okay. That's kind of how I was interpreting the, the reincarnation part on top of that. So I guess part A is so far, you know, I've never had anyone try to contact someone from hundreds years ago. I suppose I could do it. But yeah, I think the farthest one I've gone back is, is probably about 50, 55 years old. Um, I don't know the exact age of the person to figure that out, but it would be around there. Um, but for part B, if we're talking about, about that, I, I believe that uh, our past lives and times from everything I've read and learned is that it actually, even though it feels linear to us, it all exists actually at the same time. So our past lives, our future lives are actually all happening at this moment, but we experience it in a linear time. So if you think about that soul that exists, that soul can kind of comes into bodies um, now or in any time but it still exists in that spirit realm as well. So there's no time limit to, you know, if, if that spirit were to reincarnate into, you know, something 20 years from now, or if your father has maybe reincarnated, who knows, you would still be able to connect to that spirit in the same way. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah. I've, never, I've never thought about it that way. I hadn't that, really actually. quite thought about it I, until I actually was, I was writing a letter this morning that asked a little bit about that. So it's kind of on my mind, I suppose. Well, it was meant to be. It yeah. was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, when you channel earlier, you said something about channeling a guide. Yes. Um, so I know you explained that you kind of like listen to them. Yeah. So they don't actually. This may sound like a bizarre question, but I know <laughs> I'm people used to may the bizarre questions. <laughs> yeah, people may ask me. So let's let's answer it right off yes. the bat. So you know, I've seen some shows mm-hmm. like uh, if I can remember the one that was on really popular, um, the Ghost Whisperer. Okay. Where she would be possessed temporarily by mm. somebody. Okay. So that that doesn't happen to you, correct? It doesn't. Not quite in the same way. And a lot of my friends ask the same who, you know, I travel with or who might be in the other room while I'm writing a letter. And they ask, like, if I walk in on you, like, what are you just going to be? Are you there? Are you possessed? Like, what's going on? And so for me, um, I've been to a lot of other channeling sessions where basically those spirit guides kind of do take over the body. And that person doesn't quite remember. Like if you talk to them, if they're talking for 30 minutes or an hour and then they come, come quote unquote, you know, back to themselves and the spirit leaves, they won't remember that conversation of what they said. A lot of people will record it because they don't know, they don't know what's going on. If you think about again, Abraham Hicks or Seth Speaks, if you've ever read any of those books, it's that kind of work. For me, uh, I don't do channeling speaking at this moment. I think that maybe that's something I'll step into eventually. But when I write, um, again, that best way I can describe it is like that car scenario where I'm there, you know, I was doing it the other day and someone knocked on my door and I was like, yeah, come on in. And then I kind of lost it and had to come back to it. But um, I'm still conscious. I'm still there. It kind of feels like a blend to me. It's like they're there, but I feel everything. I feel everything really strongly. 
That's cool. And you in that respect, you kind of recognize the individual. I think when we talked before, you yeah. said that you get you get glimpses glimpses of these people so that you understand that that you're talking to somebody, whether whether it be the person that you're looking for. Yeah. You get little pieces, correct? Yeah. The best way I can describe it is that each each person that I've ever, you know, all the letters that I write, each person that I connect with, everybody feels like they have a different personality. And usually I almost feel like I see them in a certain scenery. I don't know if that's necessarily where they were. The one that's coming to mind, I did a letter where um, this man felt like he was in kind of a library, like a wooden library. Um, another felt like an office. Other ones feel like they're just kind of in their home. So I kind of get visuals of, but it's more of a feeling of where they are. So again, some mediums see people and they can say, I see a tall man with gray hair and this. And um, it's not that for me. When I describe it and when I write the letters, I'll usually add a couple paragraphs before and say, this, it's more about feelings for me. So when I talk about the, the clairvoyant senses, for me, it's a lot of clairsentience, which is the, the feeling is that I can feel if they were a really calm presence or nervous or really you know excited and talkative. And, and that's what comes through. And I do kind of have visuals and words that come together into feelings that come out in the written word. It's very difficult and bizarre to explain, but uh, yeah, it's not quite visuals of seeing but every person feels it's like I feel their personality if I if I had my eyes shut and I was talking to you it would be like that like I could kind of feel your personality and and feel what you want to say but not seeing sort of like the reincarnation question yes <laughs> yeah um how how difficult is it for people to learn how to recognize like the signs that our loved ones are trying to communicate with us possibly like uh, occasionally um my father-in-law, my wife's father passed away yeah. in 2018. Mm -hmm. And occasionally we'll smell, he just smoked these nasty cigars. Yes. I mean, <laughs> nasty cigars. Okay. Occasionally we'll smell it in the house because we had an agreement. He would never smoke them in the house. <laughs> He's so like, I'm here. <laughs> occasionally we smell this, this, or I smell my mother's cigarettes. Yeah. Because she smoked. Yeah. And then we're kind of like, you, you know, you smell smoke? Yeah. Do you smell the cigar? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a thing. You know, obviously don't know what they're trying to say other than, I'm here now and you're there now and I'm going to smoke this cigar yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. But, you know, anything like that, is there something that, um, that we as an individual can learn to recognize those kind of signs? Definitely. And I'll also, if um, I'll try to remember it, I have a blog post that goes about this in, in more detail about ways, this, the signs that we can all kind of see, but uh, everybody experiences them a little bit different. But even if you're, you know, if you're not a medium, you're not hearing these full words and sentences the way I do, like you said, they're absolutely signs that everybody is capable of doing on a daily day basis. That's kind of, like you said, just a little wink. It's just a nudge of, hey, hey, I'm here. It just, it's this presence and it might be at the right time when you need it. That means something to you. So like you said, uh, it can happen through scent when you smell the cigarettes or, um, you know, we had uh, sometimes my mom smells uh, a certain like laundry detergent or something from a family friend or a perfume that they used to wear. So if you, a lot of people, I think do experience that and chalk it up to, oh, I must just, you know, the scent must actually be there, but, or, um, I'm crazy. This couldn't possibly be there, but it's very real. So be on the lookout. So the scent is one way. Uh, one of my favorite ways that, that everybody can do is to basically pick a sign or a symbol 
So um, some people might know right away if you think, um, for example, my mom with her father, she uses hearts as a symbol. He was a heart surgeon. And so she texts me pictures all the time. She's like, my dad's me. And it could be, you know, on Instagram, she sees a heart posted or on a Cheerios box, she sees a heart, or it might be a symbol of an actual heart, you know, like medicine, things like that. That's her sign. Um, Other people, it could be a butterfly or, um, do you have a share a story? Yeah. My daughter, um, our old, my daughter's our daughter, uh, our oldest daughter actually had a very, very good friend of hers and she, um, was very close to this person and he ended up dying of cancer mm-hmm. and he died a couple of years ago, but, um, she started, he is, he loved hummingbirds. I mean, yeah. loved hummingbirds. Yeah. So every time Caitlin gets, um, upset or is having trouble or gets depressed she sees a hummingbird oh, and she yeah. says oh that's ryan yeah ryan's here ryan's telling me it's okay yes don't worry about it so I, I like that I that's the perfect perfect example and animals are a really common one to choose and so if you don't have um one that comes to mind if you're if you're thinking of somebody you don't know what it be you can ask and just whatever pops in your head first don't question it just use that so it could be a type of flower an animal a symbol it could be a triangle in a square or um, a koala bear, you know, it can, it can be literally anything, whatever comes to your mind and then just be really open. You'll be surprised how much it starts to show up. And like you said, with your daughter, it's in those moments, usually when you just need a little wink or nudge or to know that that, that person is there and that it's going to be okay is, is really the best way to think about it. And so for anyone listening, if you've had someone pass away and you'd like a symbol or a sign, close your eyes just for a second and think, what should my symbol be? Don't question it and just use it. And even if that's not what that person might've wanted, now they know, right? And so you'll start to see that and be open to it. Like a hummingbird, it could be an actual hummingbird that you see in the wild. It could be a photo of a hummingbird. It could be embroidered on a pillow. Um, it could be a drawing of one. You know, you get creative. It might say the word hummingbird. Um, there's, there's lots of different ways it could show. So that's a really great one. And then there's also... Um, Spirits, as as I've learned, are supposed to be able to manipulate animals or one, but also electricity. And so if you have a light that's really just blinking or goes on and off for no apparent reason, be mindful. If you get, I have a fun story that I'll share in a second, but if you get text messages or a phone number that's, you know, not a real phone number or um, what else, if your clock starts blinking or you can think of numbers sometimes even like 1111 or 333, things like that. Um, those are all signs to watch for too. My wife uses those numbers all the time. Yeah, she uses numbers, numbers all the time. Yeah. Angel numbers. She she loves them. Yeah, they're she they're wonderful. Them. And again, they're just these little kind of winks or nudge from the universe. And I'll tell a quick story of other signs, just because I think the more you kind of hear the stories, you get to start to understand these signs are really everywhere if you're open to them. So I was back in Atlanta. Uh, this was maybe four or five months ago. And my mom, um, I was staying with my parents because I, I travel full time. So I was, I was back there and my mom had a question. She said, I have a question from, uh, from my father. Could you ask him this? And first I was like, mom, you know, this works when I write, email me the questions and I'll, I'll tell you, but I can kind of start to think I'm getting better at just being able to hear it in my head and try to verbalize it. Uh, but as she was talking to me, I said, I hear your dad, but I also am, am getting something from your, your grandmother, who is my great grandmother. And it's hard for me to put it into words, but I said, send me the questions. Um, she was she was walking out the door. I said, send me the questions later and you know, by email and I'll I'll write out the answers for you. So she left and I checked my email about five minutes later. Um, she went in the car, so she hadn't, I was just checking randomly. 
And I had um, opened my email inbox, just, you know, my normal Gmail. And I had, you know, it's Amazon delivery and then, and then whatever other email. And then underneath that, there was this blank email and it said no sender. And the date was 1231 and the year was 69. So I looked at this, wow. my, um, gives me chills again. So my wow. grandfather passed away on New Year's Eve, which is 1231. And I didn't know this at the time. I asked my mom several days later, I said, what year did your grandmother die? She said, 1969. So as she's asking this, where both of them are coming through, I looked at my phone. I have a screenshot of it. I still have it. And it literally says no sender. There's no, you know, no anything, no subject line. And the date is 1231.69, right as, right as this is coming through. So That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. I have goosebumps all over. My, I don't usually get goosebumps in my legs. I have them all over now. So <laughs> the point of that, you know, I told, I showed my mom and she's like, of course, this is, this, you know, this is how they come through. And I showed my brother. He's like, you guys are insane, you know, so you can be open to it if you want. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want to connect again, you can maybe to hear words and sentences, you might want to contact a medium or something. But if you just kind of want those day-to-day winks and nudges, um, that's really special and meaningful too. And those anyone can do on their own. Yeah. My, um, my stepfather, when he passed on, um, he was an Irish tenor singer. Okay. Had a beautiful voice. And we were all in the room when he passed and my wife and my ex-wife we're, we're all friends, so it was okay. <laughs> I, weird, but it's okay. It happens. It's um, a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, when he passed on, my wife and my um, ex-wife and our youngest daughter literally heard Burl singing. Wow. And he was singing one of the Irish songs. Oh, I love that. Love that. Yeah. So, you know, I, no, I got emotional. Yeah, um, I know you feel, you feel the emotions, like all the, all the chills. <laughs> well, he was, he was, he was a fantastic stepfather. He, he actually was a stepfather longer than my father was my father because wow. right. my father That's passed at 39. Young. Yeah. And Burl was uh, the closest thing I had to one for quite, yeah. you know, for the next 25 years after yeah. that. So it, it's pretty cool, actually. That's really special. Cool. And yeah, so to your point, everybody, you might hear songs. <laughs> songs are another great one. Speaking of, um, you might hear someone's favorite song on the radio or anything like that. And just be open to the fact that, yep, this is them communicating. Well, that's really, yeah, that was pretty. And Burl died of cancer. So he, the last couple of days that he was laying there, we weren't sure how he was feeling. Yeah. And, you know, it just, he was um, in a coma. Yeah. So it just kind of, you didn't know. Yeah. You just didn't know. Right. So, and he said it in song. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Wow. That's amazing. Um, speaking of that, yes. I know you've already, you've already mentioned a couple of them already, but is there any kind of a situation that was like the most impactful message you gave to somebody Ooh. aside from what you've already told me and keep going? Yeah. So I would say I don't have, um, trying to rack my brain of all the letters that I've written. I don't have a personal most impactful one for somebody else because I truly think, I know it sounds cliche, but I think that they're all really impactful. Everybody who reaches out, uh, for me to write a letter is reaching out for a reason because they need healing. They need connection. They want to know something or know that they're still there. And so every person's journey is is very personal and it's it's each their own. And to me, every single one that I write is is really important because it impacts someone else. So yeah, I actually don't have one particular one that's the most impactful now. Well, that's positive. Yeah. That means everybody gets what they want. Yeah. Everybody gets what they need. Yeah. And they can hopefully move forward and heal. Yeah. A psychic medium as yourself. Yeah. Um, 
obviously you would be a good resource for connecting and healing and moving forward in life. Yes. Um, I'm going to talk about how we can connect with you later, right before we close out. Um, I'll give everybody your website and some other information. But um, do you have any advice on like how our listeners can personally connect with the other side other than the signs that you just told us? Yeah, honestly, I think the signs are the best first step uh, for people who are learning because absolutely anyone can do that um, just to start looking for those signs. The second piece, uh, I would say it's like the layer above that, is a lot of people, if you start to think about a loved one, and maybe you can do this as well, if you start to think, a lot of people will kind of feel thoughts in their head or a feeling in your chest or your gut. So if you maybe are thinking about your dad and you have this thought that doesn't feel like your own, a lot of people will attribute that to, well, I knew that person well. I know what they would have thought in the situation. I know what maybe they would have said to me and I hear that. And and I would challenge people to say that that's very real. This energy that we connect to, uh, it's, it exists. And so those thoughts that you hear in your head that you feel like is what somebody else would say. Um, start to listen to those words. And it is very real. So again, it's not what we're taught to believe. But when you have those feelings, some people might just have this feeling like, ah, I feel that person is with me, I guess is a, is a common one. You feel it in your body somewhere, or you hear thoughts or words in your head. Start to just believe that's real. And the same way that I write, when I write my words, I think to myself, this can't be real. Like I'm making up these words. But I have the proof from other people, uh, proof for myself uh, that these are very real things that these other people would have said because I couldn't have known them. And I think it's harder sometimes um, for me, I believe it because I couldn't have known these things from other people. But when you're just thinking it from someone who you do know, you chalk it up to, well, again, I, I know what that person would have said or thought, but that would be the next best way before you're full on communicating as a medium to really just start to be mindful of that and see, see what comes out and what you, what the words you hear. Well, you know, when you're talking about the, the letter, um, for those people out there, Marissa has been kind enough to provide a link uh, that I'll put in the show notes and on my website at before you go podcast.com, where you can download a copy of a letter that was written from the other side to communicate to loved ones here on this side to show that they're doing fine and they're watching over them and that they, they love them. And it's a really, it's a great letter. It it um, really hits home as to how the message was relayed and um, that somebody on the other side is doing well. So um, I will provide a link for that so everybody can kind of take a look at it themselves. I think it would inspire them. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they can um, encourage them to maybe connect with you uh, to maybe get some insight from you, some help from you, which again, I'll talk about that here at closeout. Um, is there is there anything else that you'd like to say or add what we haven't covered? Those are the big things. I think the other thing I always like to say as I share the story is I know there's many out, people out there who do believe in all of this and there's many people who don't. And I can only share my own experiences of what's happened and the magic that I've seen and the healing that it's that it's had. But I encourage everybody to go on their own journey of, of what feels real and what feels right. And so if this does call to you, um, you know, by all means, reach out and I'd, I'd love to connect and provide. And there's other people, I think I'm so open to it. You know, whenever I have, before I started doing this myself, I love to go to mediums and, and hear this kind of information, but I know it scares people too. 
Um, so I would say, I don't know if you want to talk about that. The people who are hesitant to it, one, you know, if you're not feeling it, don't do it. And there's all sorts of reasons. But um, if you're hesitant because you're scared of what the, the person might say, or you have closure that you're you're scared to, you know, find answers the same way we'd be scared to have a conversation in real life with someone, I found that that's actually what holds a lot of people back. And again, as we talked about, maybe there's some negative spirits in the, in the world in other ways, but the letters that I've written, um, I, I would say from the other side, people really come from a place of love. And if you have questions on your mind and are scared to do it, um, think about if it's for the right or wrong reasons. Are you scared because, you know, the, the, the ego fears in our head the same way we're scared to do things in, in life? Or is it really just not right? And that's fine too. But yeah, if it's calling you, I would say, you know, don't hesitate if it's for the wrong, if you're hesitating for the wrong reasons. Well, I, let me ask you this as well. I probably should have asked you a little bit sooner. Yeah. Um, if somebody is looking for a medium because there is an, there's a negative connotation around this arena. Yeah. That because people have taken advantage of other people. Yeah. Um, and that's not saying that you are. Yes. I want everybody to understand this. It's on everybody's minds. And I think it's a really important and, and incredible question. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, as a law enforcement officer, I know that I've investigated numerous instances where somebody took advantage of somebody saying they were right. and they weren't. Yeah. And they, they took advantage of somebody. So is there any advice um, that people should look out for? I mean, obviously, I'm going to recommend you very yeah. highly. Yeah. But <laughs> if for some reason they yeah. can't come to you, yeah. I mean, if they're just going to go to the neighborhood psychic fair, yeah. what do they need to watch for? Honestly, I think it's a feeling in your gut, first and foremost, to start. So if you, you know, when I tell my story and I, you know, I travel with a lot of friends and people and just people in my life who don't necessarily believe in this. And when I share my, my story, I think because it's authentic and it's just, here's, here's what's happened. I don't want to push anything. I'm not pushing ideas. Um, people start to say, you know what? I never believed in this before, but I trust you and I'm, I'm open to this. And one of my good friends who I met a year and a half ago, uh, or it was right before I learned I could do this. I, I ran, I, we traveled again together about six months later and I was telling him everything that I was doing. And he said, I always felt like it was so spammy, like so, um, you know, people were taking advantage, just trying to steal your money and that sort of thing. But he's, he told me, he said, I know you and I trust you and I know you would never do this. And he asked me, well, what would you do if you wrote this and it, you know, didn't mean something to someone? I said, in a heartbeat, I would give the money back, you know, in 10 seconds. And so... Um, you know, that's me personally, but I, I guess I share that story because those people connect with me. They trust, they trust me. Right. And so whether it's me or anybody else, you can ask around if somebody has, you know, had a good experience, you know, that's, that's, I would start with that rather than just, you know, a Google search from someone you don't know. If you hear someone's story and you trust them, um, learn to, you know, get in touch with your intuition and see if it feels right is, is the best way. Look and see if there's other reviews and just make sure that you, you trust the person, I guess, at the end of the day, because there's, there's no way to really know, I think, unless other people have, you hear their story and you trust them and you feel that right fit, or you've heard somebody else who um, has had an experience with that person. Is there anything else, anything else that we might've missed? I don't think so. That was a, a lot of great conversation and stories. And again, I love the work that you're doing, healing people as well. It's a really important conversation. Well, I love the work that you're doing. And I want to thank you very much for taking time to share your gift with all of us. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome.
You can find out more about Marissa and contact her at her website, marissamedden.com. And as a bonus, Marissa was kind enough to provide a letter that you can read that is a perfect example of how she can relay messages to you from a loved one on the other side. You'll find a link to that letter and her website in the show notes and on beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. This is your host, Michael R. Hurst, signing off for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.